Hello and welcome listeners to Talking Addiction and Recovery Podcast. I am your host, Andrew J. Schreier, and we are here to discuss ongoing issues related to addiction and recovery. Part of what we do here is talk about uncomfortable topics in order to get more comfortable talking about them. Issues related to addiction, recovery, mental health, social, and anything I see having a connection to what people are experiencing with substance use issues and what we can do to help. And sometimes the topics that I pick are ones that I've discussed and gone over and thought about over the years and in my career as a counselor and clinical supervisor. And sometimes there are issues and topics that are brought up because of a timely manner. And for today's topic, you know, we are in September and we've been celebrating Recovery Month. The National Recovery Month is a observance held every September to educate Americans that substance use treatment and mental health services can help those with mental health and substance use disorders to live healthy and rewarding lives. September is also Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. But before we get into the discussion in this episode, it's important that if if you or someone you know is in a crisis, call the toll-free National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK, which is 8255, which is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. The service is really available to anyone, and all calls are confidential. You can go to www.suicidepreventionlifeline.org for more information. As a substance abuse counselor, you remember you know, clients and patients that pass away as a result of a fatal overdose. And as a mental health counselor, you remember clients and patients that pass away as a result of a suicide. And depending on what you do and who you work with and, and the population that you may decide to specialize in, there's definitely also some crossover where people who work with mental health also deal with people who have substance use and substance use people deal with those who also have mental health. But I remember as a substance abuse counselor, which here in the state of Wisconsin, there's two licenses to hold um, separately individually for being a substance abuse counselor or being a mental health professional. And I know that when you do your work as a substance abuse counselor, you talk a lot more on, you know, a, a client or an individual passing away of an overdose. When you do the work as a mental health counselor, you focus more on if someone passes away as a suicide or as a result of some illness um, that they're battling or dealing with some health issue or some tragic incident like a car accident. But it was interesting to know that that's kind of where those two kind of went their separate ways on preparing clinicians and educating clinicians on to, to deal with that because those are populations that we work with. And now doing both, I've seen the mix that occurs and they're difficult situations for family members and loved ones, peers, communities, and professionals when like a fatal overdose or a suicide occurs. So it's important to talk about it because there are connections within the two. And that's what I've been seeing and, and looking into and, and talking about it, especially because sure enough, here we are in September and we're talking about recovery month, but it is also suicide prevention awareness month. So let's talk about the connection and multiple connections between the two. And suicide is among one of the leading causes of death in the U S 
And according to the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, in 2018, suicide was the 10th leading cause of death overall in the United States, claiming the lives of over 48,000 people. Suicide was the second leading cause of death among individuals between the ages of 10 and 34, and the fourth leading cause of death among individuals between the ages of 35 and 54. And we know that one of the higher leading causes of death is overdoses. So just by those numbers and just by both being linked to causes of death and leading causes of death, right away we're noticing a connection you know, with the two. I'm just going to give some brief definitions so that when I discuss things in relation to suicide, there's a, an understanding of what the terms mean and when I say them. So a suicide is defined as death caused by self-directed injurious behavior with intent to die as a result of the behavior. A suicide attempt is a non-fatal, self-directed, potentially injurious behavior with intent to die as a result of the behavior. So a suicide attempt might not result in injury. And then the third term is suicidal ideation, which refers to thinking about, considering, or planning suicide. The focus on this episode is to discuss what the connection between the two are. And let's just take a look at some of the statistics regarding suicide and substance use. So acute alcohol intoxication is present in about 30 to 40% of suicide attempts. 22% of deaths by suicide in the U.S. involve alcohol intoxication. Opiates, including heroin and prescription painkillers, are present in 20% of suicide deaths in the United States. Those numbers relating to substance use with suicide is alarming. People under the influence of a substance and leading to a suicide or an attempt is really cringeworthy. Those numbers, the percentage of how much alcohol or opiates, and we even talk about other drugs, being present is pretty significant. And there's there's plenty of choices I wouldn't trust someone to make under the influence of alcohol or drugs, period. So you can imagine a decision about whether or not to live is one I don't want influenced by alcohol or drug drugs at all but it definitely happens this is concerning even if someone does not have a substance use disorder the idea that having indulged in alcohol or drug use can have that kind of an impact is what's alarming this is not to say that drinking alcohol is going to cause suicide or using drugs is going to lead to a suicide attempt there are plenty of people who consume alcohol or drugs and do not experience suicidal ideation make attempts or, or commit suicide, but an individual who is at risk, has risk factors, or someone who is struggling with suicidal ideation, it's important to realize that adding alcohol and drugs into that equation is not going to help, and more than likely, it'll make things worse. However, compared to the general population, Individuals treated for alcohol abuse or even dependence are about 10 times greater risk to eventually die by suicide compared to general population. And people who inject drugs are about 14 times greater risk for eventual suicide. So there is also a connection between having a substance use disorder and being greater risk of suicide. So then you 
want to ask yourself, well, what about those getting treatment? And you might think getting treatment means they are they are safer and they're in a better spot. And while it's true that someone receiving care has some additional support, they've got professional help now and can address issues that are related to suicide factors, that does not mean the risk has completely gone away. I always tell people that treatment is like advertised as something that's going to fix everything, take care of all the problems, you know, break free from the chains of addiction, everything will get better. And I get it because you can't, you know, advertise treatment as this is going to be really hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to challenge you. You know, you're going to have to look at changing who you are, how you think. That's not really going to really encourage people to come into treatment. So while I do believe treatment is the best option for those with a substance use disorder, it does not work that way in which coming to treatment just makes things all better. Treatment is difficult. Treatment is hard. It requires change. It forces you to face face issues that you have avoided. Treatment opens up the doors to all those emotions that you've numbed. In fact, people with substance use disorders who are in treatment are especially at risk of suicidal behavior. So believing that they are better in a better spot does not mean that we can no longer look at them as having any risk of suicide. In fact, we should be paying more attention to that. And here's a few few reasons why. People often enter treatment at a time when their use is out of control and wreaking havoc. You know, things are not going really well when they come in to get help. There's They're in a lot of dire situations. Things are usually at a pretty bad spot before someone comes in to treatment. Another reason is even though the substance use becomes the main issue when you come into to addiction treatment, they are likely dealing with other life crises as well. There might be significant marital and family conflict. There might be some legal issues going on. Finances might be in complete disarray. Uh, they might have been fired from a job or they haven't been working for a while. Their living situation might be really in question. So substance use isn't just the only problem that someone has they might be facing some significant other crisis in their lives that could also put them at risk for suicide. There are also co-occurring mental health issues that are likely experiencing difficulties as well, and that could include, you know, like it's not being treated, they're not on medication, or their substance use is causing additional distress with mental health symptoms that they are experiencing. So someone who may have like depression or anxiety or some other mental health drug use, which might be increasing right now and causing more havoc in their lives, those mental health issues are now experiencing significant distress. And also when people do come into treatment and there might be a relapse talk on drugs after moments of abstinence, that can create a lot of problems and issues that make things worse that could factor into a warning sign or a concern that there might be issues related to suicide or suicidal ideation. So it's important to know that those who are have a substance use disorder problem have risk factors for suicide. And also going into treatment also 
presents itself with other factors as well. So believing that just because someone got treatment doesn't mean we should no longer worry or say, okay, they're good now, they're in treatment. No, we need to pay extra attention to what is going on and see and make sure that there's not other things happening or going on that could lead to a risk of suicide. It's important to pay attention and, and regularly ask questions and screen for this for those in substance abuse treatment. Another important connection between substance use and suicide is those risk factors that I've been kind of talking about. And while multiple factors influence suicidal behavior, substance use, especially alcohol, is a significant factor that is linked to a substantial number of suicides and attempts. So even though sometimes people look at them as separate issues, when you look at suicide as the issue, a risk factor of that is having a substance use disorder. And alcohol and injecting drugs I talked about before is 10 times and 14 times greater. And that really gets into like those warning signs that we talk about of substance misuse and warning signs of suicide have many similar and familiar ones when you look at them all together. And that becomes a challenge because how do you know that this warning sign is in relation to substance use or how do you know if this warning sign is in related to suicide? So I'm going to list some of them and talk about them. So you can see where like this struggle is with maybe it's this or it could be that. So when you look under substance misuse, here are some of the warning signs to pay attention to. Experiences wide mood swings, appears fearful or anxious, appears impatient, agitated or irritable, behaves in an impulsive or inappropriate manner, takes unnecessary risks or acts in a reckless manner, makes inappropriate or unreasonable choices, and has difficulty making decisions. Now, when you look under warning signs of suicide, that includes talking about feeling helpless or having no reason to live, talking about feeling trapped or in unbearable pain, talking about being a burden to others, increasing the use of alcohol or drugs, acting anxious or agitated, behaving recklessly, sleeping too little or too much, withdrawing or feeling isolated, displaying extreme mood swings, and losing interest in things or losing the ability to experience pleasure. Do you hear the concern when it comes to substance misuse and suicide warning signs? You know, I've seen people who are experiencing suicidal thoughts and they display some of the behaviors of substance misuse. But I've also seen people who are using substances display warning signs of suicide. So when we talk about, for example, losing interest in things or using the ability to experience pleasure, that is definitely something that we look at that happens with substance use. However, that falls under warning sign of suicide. When we take a look at under substance misuse, you know, behaves in an impulsive or inappropriate manner, taking unnecessary risks or acts reckless manner, that could fall under warnings of suicide as well. Then you do also have some that are in both. So 
I believe it's important when you're seeing signs of one or the other or both, it's important to address both issues to make sure like we're exercising caution and making sure that we're not assuming it be one thing and missing it's the other. But either way, one of those separately or two of them combined would make me worried or concerned about someone's behavior. So those warning signs are so familiar, they're identical in both categories. At the same time, it could be that it is one behavior and not the other. So that's where knowing about both of them, paying attention to that is really key. One of the areas that's been concerning to me as a substance abuse counselor is the amount of overdoses from drug use and whether or not some of those may have been suicides. And I've had this discussion with my clinical supervisor a few times over the years because of believing that drug use is a means and a, and a method of suicide for someone who does have a substance use disorder is usually there or easier to access. That is something they might be doing quite often. That might be something that they're doing every day. And I've always been worried that there are a number of suicides and overdoses where the numbers aren't really adding up to which the number of suicides by drug overdoses is underestimated. And this connection gets into the intentional versus unintentional overdose deaths. And when a person dies of a drug overdose, the medical examiner or coroner records on the death certificate whether the overdose was intentional, which is like purposely inflicted, as in cases of suicide, or was it unintentional, which is accidental. Unintentional, you know, drug poisoning deaths include cases where, like, for example, a drug was taken accidentally. Um, I talked about that on the previous podcast episode on what's in your drugs and with the concerns with fentanyl and some other synthetic opioids and other substances being mixed in with drugs or too much of a drug was taken accidentally. And that's kind of where you see sometimes where someone might have taken a, a prescription pain medication or they may have taken some other drug and they might have taken too much of it. Uh, maybe they took double the dose or maybe they, they took more when they thought that they didn't take um, a dose early in the day. So those are what they would look at as unintentional. And we're becoming more informed about the link between overdoses and suicide. And according to the New England Journal of Medicine, accidental drug overdoses and suicide have increased at an extreme rate. And this is a quote from one of the research articles was, in the United States, deaths due to suicide and unintentional overdose pose a major and growing public health concern. The combined number of deaths among Americans from suicide and unintentional overdose increased from 41,364 in 2000 to 110,749 in 2017 and has exceeded the number of deaths from diabetes since 2010. Both suicide and unintentional overdose have been the focus of large-scale prevention efforts such as the National Strategy for Prevention, Suicide Prevention, and the state-targeted response to the opioid crisis 
grant program of the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. And once again, that came from the New England Journal of Medicine. And this is difficult part of working with individuals who use substances because there are a number of times where someone will say to me, I don't plan on dying and I'm not using to kill myself. However, if it happens, I'm not necessarily trying to stop it either. When it comes to using illicit substances that could kill an individual, that's a difficult conversation to maneuver. So the individual isn't planning to kill themselves, but isn't necessarily taking action steps to avoid it from happening. And sometimes they'll they'll give me two scenarios where they try and explain this. And I've heard this multiple times from different people, but they'll either tell me that it would almost be like if they are sitting in the office with me and the ceiling starts to fall, they wouldn't move out of the way, but they're not planning to bring the ceiling down. Or they'll tell me that if they were driving in their car and a car, a truck started swerving and headed their way, they wouldn't do anything to try and get out of the way. So they're not intending to do anything, but if something were to potentially, you know, come in their way or happen to them, they wouldn't try and do anything to stop that from happening. So this is what they're telling me when they're using drugs or alcohol almost every day for some of them or quite frequently so you can tell that's that's concerning because they are using a potential lethal substance but they are not planning to kill themselves but they're also not trying to prevent that from happening so when that happens you know i tell every client or patient that every time they use illicit substances, they risk potential fatal consequences. I don't fully believe that all the individuals are trying to accomplish that. However, based on that kind of conversation, you you kind of really wonder what's going on. But either way, I see it as a need to take it as seriously as possible and work with them on not wanting the ceiling to drop or helping them find ways to move if it does. But just from that conversation alone, you can you can tell that's really hard for someone who you think is kind of like in that spot between, you know, they're not trying to do anything to make it happen, but they're also not trying to stop it from happening. From everything that we've talked about, you can see there are a lot of connections between suicide and substance use and they're not talked about nearly as often in the same breath they are often treated as separate issues and like i've said earlier was when you work in addiction you focus on that overdose when you focus in like mental health look at that suicide but all these different things you know like the numbers that are being shown substance use being a risk factor when you look at the warning signs, when you look at the amount of substances found in suicides, it's really difficult to ignore the connections between the two. And not to say, oh, well, that's, you know, that's an overdose thing. We got that's a, a substance use issue. Let's focus on that. 
or oh it's a suicide let's you know it's a mental health issue let let them focus on it they are two issues that are very well connected and it's not to say that's always going to be the case where there's going to be individuals have suicidal ideation and um, suicide attempts who they aren't using substances and there are no issues with that there's also going to be plenty of people who have substance use issues and they don't have any suicidal attempts but when both of them might be occurring i think that is i believe that is definitely a need to focus on both to be aware of that to recognize that to learn about it to ed- be educated on it and to help someone who's dealing with both a substance use issue and suicidal ideation or someone who has suicidal ideation and is also using substances or abusing substances. So these close connections show me and help me to realize that there's a need to become increasingly aware of how they impact one another and the importance of the work that I do as a substance abuse counselor, as a professional counselor when it comes to mental health, and as a clinical supervisor. So what can we do when it comes to suicide and substance use? Here are my five tips. Number one, explore your own beliefs and attitudes about suicide. They vary. So what I mean is that the beliefs and attitudes that people have about suicide kind of vary along different aspects and different cultures, different beliefs. There are some people who hold strong religious and spiritual views about it, while others may see it as a viable option for ending unmanageable pain or suffering. You may have some people that believe it's okay to think about it, but not act on it. What we believe and our attitudes towards it will likely shape how we treat someone who is experiencing thoughts, attempts, or even recovering from a suicide attempt. So I remember when I was a freshman in college, I was taking an early course on addiction. And it was in a class where we were learning about like the pharmacology and um, physiology of drugs and how drugs work in the body and what happens and all that sort of thing. And I remember that the topic of suicide came up and the instructor asked, what are your beliefs about suicide? And this is my freshman year and I had not yet even entered into counseling or I wasn't even in like an internship or anything or a practicum. And right out the gate, there were a number of people expressing their views about it. And I remember that there was a a guy who was saying how much of it, what it was a sin, how the Bible was against it. I remember a woman talking about how it's really selfish. I remember another person um, mentioned that that they don't the person who does that doesn't think about anyone else and and how could they put their loved ones through this. I remember sitting in class and being among what would be future counselors, you know, that was the plan. And I and I remember having this thought in particular was I said to myself, I hope someone who is having suicidal thoughts or plans to commit suicide doesn't see any of these people for help. And I recognize my judgment like in this scenario, but 
you know, their beliefs and attitudes about suicide, I would have been concerned as to how that person would have been treated in a counseling session. And I, I know that that's, it's really hard, you know, to say, oh, I hope they don't go see that, that person. Cause I, you know, want to believe in counselors doing the best they can to help people. I do know that out of that entire class, I only know one person that is still actively in the profession, but that's important because you have to be aware of what are your beliefs and attitudes about something like suicide. Because when someone comes to you for help, or if you have a loved one who is struggling with this, if you have a parent and you have a child who is struggling with this, if you have, um, if you're a friend and you have a, a peer who is struggling with that, your beliefs and attitudes about it will more than likely spill out into how you treat them or engage in what you believe is going to help them. And I'll be honest, there are times where example of that sitting in that classroom, I I was really hoping that someone who had those beliefs about it would not see someone who had a suicidal thoughts because of how that might play out. So explore more about what your beliefs and attitudes towards suicide are. Number two, increase your knowledge about suicide and substance abuse. You know, one of the best ways to become more comfortable with any uncomfortable topic is to learn more about it. Gaining competence and awareness, knowledge about suicide will help aid in our comfort and need to talk about these issues, which that leads to number three, because without talking about it, it will remain silent and suicide deserves that same attention of talking about it. I've shared multiple times in previous podcast episodes about the dangers of being silent and being neutral and doing so when it comes to suicide is deadly. Staying silent on issues related to suicide and connecting one's you know, issues related to it is going to continue to trap that individual in darkness and will make it harder for them to get help and for us to help them. Number four is, I found this very insightful um, in doing some research on suicide, was that it's been argued that the struggle between wanting to die and wanting to live is at the core of someone contemplating, thinking about, and even planning suicide. And this is known as ambivalence about living. So anytime an issue comes up, a warning sign, a concern, an attempt, or a talk about suicide occurs, we need to do everything we can to support the side of the person wanting to live. And we must be careful not to ignore, dismiss, or even like, trivialize what they are experiencing but anytime that that comes up or that's an issue there's a warning sign it's important that we are on that side of that person wanting to live and you can't be neutral on that so pay attention to that ambivalence that is occurring and the fifth and final tip is find resources and help SuicidePreventionLifeline.org and SAMHSA both have a lot of resources 
for the individual who may be in a crisis for loved ones and even best practices for professionals in this field. So strongly encourage people to look at some of those resources, look out, um, find things. You know, there's a lot of tips out there that can help for if you have someone who you think might be, how do you have conversations with them as a parent, as a friend, um, as a professional, you know, we all need to know those paying attention to warning signs. And even though I covered some of them in here, you know, getting more educated about them is, is going to be helpful. In the spirit of recovery month and suicide prevention awareness month, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning into the connection between these two important topics that this month is dedicated to bringing more awareness to. So once again, thank you until next time. I hope you learned something.